This is The Insecurity Project. If you are looking to solve the insecurity problem in your life, rather than just manage it, mask it or medicate it, you have come to the right place. This is the home of high-quality content and conversations about how to overcome insecurity. If you can do that, it's not just good for you, it's not just good for your friends and family, it's good for the world, so it's kind of important. There's some work to do here, but let's go do this work together. Now on to today's show. Hey folks, it's 10 Minute Tuesday time. Uh, I missed last week, as I'm sure some of you may have noticed. After the intensity of the book launch and just the manic run up to that, I took a week off and went to the snow. Sorry for those of you in lockdown in Melbourne to hear that news that I was off gallivanting in the snowfields, but uh, amazing experience and uh, very refreshing. So back and, and very keen to talk with you all again. So today I just wanted to, to share a bit of my backstory because super important for you to understand where I've come from to be where I am today. So um, I'm non-negotiable about smoking what I'm selling and it's only out of the overflow of my own personal development development experience that I feel able to share with you and to um, to be useful to others. So, you know, so as a kid, um, I wasn't particularly confident in some areas and was okay in others. And I think that's interesting about insecurity. It, it is often domain specific. So um, where I was secure, I was secure um, in my ability to be responsible. So I felt like I had a strong moral compass Felt like I was I was good enough to make the right decision under pressure. Um, I felt like I was kind. I was good in relationships. Uh, so I, I was okay there. And, and I think I emerged um, as a good kid. I emerged as a, a natural leader just because I was responsible. So I was school captain in primary school and school captain in high school. And that was kind of the natural role. I think it was interesting, you know, after being school captain in, in primary school, year seven, um, my friends kind of just said, oh, well, you'll probably be school captain in year 12 as well. And it just, that's how it was. That was always how it was going to be. Um, but the areas I was insecure uh, were plenty. I, I was not secure about my body. Uh, and and in, in, in the sporting world, I was on a basketball team. I got invited to play with the cool kids in year three. Uh, and so I was the kid on the team that no one wanted to pass the ball to. And I was that kid for almost seven years before I developed any kind of confidence. So I'm not sure how I maintained the desire to keep rocking up each week and being the, the kid that panicked every time I got the ball, uh, spent a lot of time warming the bench. I, I enjoyed running, but I was, I was the kid that trained hard, but just never expected to win. So I just wasn't, I wasn't one of the big boys in, in my mind. Um, I wore home-baked clothes. That's no disrespect to my mum. She worked hard to keep us to keep us looking sharp uh, but I often was aware that I didn't look like the other kids so I was kind of insecure about uh, that I wasn't cool um, that probably probably played into how I thought about girls just thought I'm not one of the cool kids so I aimed for the stars but never was successful now in fact I, I used to keep this journal in my secret drawer in my desk of all the girls that I had a crush on and for how long I had a crush on them. And, and there were many over the years. I kept it from probably the start of year seven <laughs> through to year 10. And then uh, one day I had some friends over and I was out playing basketball at my place and uh, some girls were in my room playing around and they discovered my drawer. I, I, dis I discovered, they discovered the drawer uh, the next day at school when I'm walking through the playground and a girl walked up to me and said, 
nice list. And I'm thinking, list, list, what? Oh, oh dear. And then everybody knew about the list and everyone knew who was on the list. So that, uh, that didn't help the girl situation. Um, so I was pretty insecure about money. So money was hard. Money was scarce. I didn't know how to get money. Um, I wasn't confident with money. And, and that, that lingered for a long time. So I think so. the natural security around responsibility and leadership led me, um, you know, f- faith was a very central part of how I did life. And I was secure in that. I felt like that made sense to me and I could do well in that space. And so naturally evolved into a leadership position there. I uh, was a youth pastor in my church and then became the senior pastor of my church at 23 and got given a lot of responsibility and, and some difficult situations, but had a natural confidence that I was able to do the right thing under pressure. So I did okay. Um, but was probably a, probably a frustrated pastor by the time I, I had survived 10 years in that role. Just because as pastor, you're invited into people's world all the time to have conversations about change. And and I was always surprised by how little change happened in those conversations and and began to observe that Christians would often outsource the change work to God. So if I have faith, if I just believe, if I pray, God will take care of the rest. God will heal my body, restore my marriage, fix my finances, and it's all God's responsibility. So, you know, while that sounded really spiritual, it was definitely a hideout from responsibility and, and didn't produce anything. And so I was always pu- always puzzled by that. And so when I got introduced to the coaching skill set, I thought, oh, my goodness, this is a missing technology. Uh, as I see it, uh, the two greatest gifts we've been given in life are choice and responsibility. And most people want to give them back, live with the illusion of no choice and, and live with blame and excuse instead. But I saw for the very first time that responsibility and choice um, were dynamic and transformational. And so I dived into that world with both feet um, instantly just resonated around. I, I needed to get skilled in that. And so signed up for a, a, a diploma in life coaching. And I can still remember, you know, day two of my first three-day intensive calling my wife and telling her, that I was going to quit my job. I was working as a school chaplain at the time, still as a pastor. I told her I'm quitting at the school. I'm going to start my coaching business. And I can still remember her tears. And, you know, they weren't happy tears. They were, you're a crazy man, Jamin. Um, but I had natural security and confidence in my ability to do what was right. And this felt right to me. It felt really right. So um, I went and studied and... Um, kind of really dived into that world and loved it, but still had never addressed any insecurity around money, uh, around um, being, you know, my body, um, around some key relationship ideas uh, and around areas of thing, things that I'd never experienced before um, and really speaking my, my message. And so uh, as part of the coaching world, it's a very, very positive space and a very possibility space. And so I really could see for the first time it was possible to, make a difference there and and really find my space. And so I decided I was going to write a book, my very first book. And I, I can remember telling my wife and my my best friend that I was going to do that, going back to the hotel where I was staying at and writing the first chapter of my first book. And uh, the energy and the passion and excitement was just extraordinary. But then literally as I shut the lid on that laptop at 11 o'clock at night, all that energy turned to fear and dread and, oh, you know, oh my goodness, what have I done? Now I've put it out there. Now I have shared with people I'm going to do it. What if I can't? What if I fail? What if it's no good? And that was the moment I really uncovered insecurity in my life. That, that was the moment I realized there is a monster 
inside me here and and its intention is to to stop me and to take me down um and 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 it's strong it's ferocious i didn't i didn't sleep a wink all night um i was just traumatized by that anxiety it was very very strong um but i kind of knew walking to class the next day i kind of knew that I was unprepared to manage this monster. I kind of thought that wasn't even an, op- an option for me. I thought I-, I have to find out how to solve this problem. So even then, that was 10 years ago, I was desperate to find out how to solve this problem, not to manage it. And it was an interesting experience because a lot of people I spoke to said, you don't solve it, you manage it. Here are the, here are the tools and tricks to manage in- insecurity and anxiety and you just kind of live with it. That's the human condition. And I was never satisfied with that answer. And so... Um, so that was my journey to go, I'm, I'm going to find a way. And I just observed the people who I admired. I observed, observed the people in my world who I felt like had solved that problem. And I was just so curious as to how they'd done it. And so, so this model, uh, you know, this book that I've launched, the seven essential practices for overcoming insecurity that was born in that quest to solve this problem in my own life. And I realized that there were seven things that showed up in every, every instance, um, you know, it wasn't because people were smarter or stronger or had better childhoods or were naturally better looking or more intelligent. None of those things were the key indicators. It was these seven things. And so I realized if they could do it, I could do it. And if I could do it, I could show other people how to do it. And so my life's work then, my mission was to make that model explicit. And it's taken me some time to refine it and some time to fully uh, apply it to my own life and experience the fruit of it. But it's been extraordinary because off the back of that discovery, I did go on and write my first book. And then I wrote my second book. And here, and here is my third book. And, and the third book is the best one of the three. It's, it's the clearest I've ever been and the most useful I could ever be. Um, not to discount the, the contribution of the other two, but um, it's a really beautiful experience to put to great work out into the world. Uh, in the process of that, I've, I've solved insecurity around money. To go, um, I, I, I had this limiting belief that you couldn't be rich and godly. I was insecure about my capacity to handle money. Um, now money is easy. Money is abundant. I have everything that I want. Money, I have a happy relationship with money, as Ken Honda would say. There are two beautiful cars in my garage. There are, we, I live on 20 acres in a beautiful house. Um, I, I want for nothing. And that's not to boast. That's just to say... The experience of accessing abundance and, and seeing money as easy and natural has been a massive shift for me, all out of solving insecurity in my life. Um, business, being able to show up and speak a message, even when others haven't understood it or others said I shouldn't or I wouldn't, and, and not to prove anything to them, but just to go, this is my path. Uh, this is my gift. This is what I was born to do. And I don't need your permission to do that. I give myself permission to do that. So I'm going to do that with all my heart. And, and I'm going to do that as loudly and as clearly and as intelligently as I can. Um, my body, like I think that, that's been a key thing just to, to be an athlete, to run and ride fast, to see my body you know, achieve at its, at its potential. To, to love the experience of being fit and fast and strong, to enjoy being in my own skin genuinely, to be able to look at myself and, and, in, and enjoy what I see and to, to be relaxed with exactly the shape of my body, exactly the limits of my body and to not wish I was anyone else. Um, you know, we, we went on, on this ski trip on the, on the week and I just, 
uh, I just got in the zone and we, we did a snowshoe hike to the top of Kosciuszko and I didn't want to wait for the group. Um, I probably should have, but I didn't want to. I just wanted to get in the zone and just power off. And I'm doing this and having this beautiful experience in a part of the world I've never been in the snow that I've never been and just enjoying how my body feels. And I just keep saying to myself, Jamie, I just like being you. I, I like being me. I like this thing. I like the way that it works. And, and it's a beautiful experience. Um, so while I, the other area of insecurity around uh, relationships. So, you know, I got the girl. Uh, the, I remember the first time I laid eyes on my wife after school and I, I thought to myself, if I ever am lucky enough to marry, that's the one I want, that one there. And so somehow managed to get the girl. But I think more, more importantly, more beautifully, I've kept the girl um, and, and the girl loves me and I love her. And so the security required to maintain a beautiful relationship, that's, that's what I most enjoy to go. Um, two people, we've been married 21 years now and we have, we have a vibrant and, and vital relationship. We're more in love now than we've ever been. And, and that's a nice platform for our kids. You know, we're not perfect parents, but we're good parents. We're secure parents. <laughs> you know, we enjoy each other's company. We just started working together. Uh, Catherine is now the concierge for the insecurity project. So when you have questions and, uh, uh, you know, want to understand more about the process, she will have answer, be able to answer everything and, and point you in the right, right direction. So uh, that's exciting. So, um, you know, all that to say, uh, I, I love this framework and I love what it's done in my life and just really excited about mapping out a believable, predictable plan for other people, for you for your friends, for your family, for people all around the world to solve the insecurity problem in their life. So uh, if you haven't got a copy of the book yet, it's still it's still free plus postage. There are still copies left. Uh, if you jump on unhinderedbook.com, you can get that right now. It will be sent to you within a week and you're away. You can also, There's also an opportunity to get the ebook and the audio book. Um, and, and pick up a copy of my first book too, if that's of interest to you. But, but firstly, and most importantly, make sure you get that book, make sure you get it into your hands and into your heart uh, so that you can, you can be unhindered to be able to show up at your best where it matters most. Uh, I hope that's useful. Uh, I look forward to talking to you again next week. You've been listening to The Insecurity Project. The aim of the game is to show up to life unhindered by doubt, fear and insecurity so that you can be at your best where it matters most. Now, if you're ready to begin the work of becoming unhindered in your life, the Unhindered Short Course is an eight-part video series designed to help you do exactly that. And at only $99 for a limited time, it's an offer too good to refuse. For more information, go to theinsecurityproject.com. 